day, everyone, and welcome back to the NSFW Photography Podcast. Today, we're interviewing Rope Goddess and her rigger, a poly couple who started Shibari for body positivity and self-confidence. How's it going tonight, guys? It's going great. Wonderful. That is succinct and perfect. So we are going to start off with a couple of personal questions that we kind of ask everybody, but you guys are a little different than everybody. <laughs> Normally, we interview semi-professional and amateur photographers and models, uh, but you guys, you guys do do so you do some modeling, but you're really more focused on the rope work part rather than the modeling. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I've always loved modeling. Um, so when my rigger wanted to try out the shibari, I was like, well, I'll give it a whirl. We didn't know that it would uh, go as far as it has. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first of all, let's let's start off with what we call it. I said rope work. Is that the right word? Is, is shibari a specific type of rope work? Is, are there better terminology that we should be using? Uh, definitely. Shibari is a type of rope work where... It is more focused on the knots, the art of it, versus the the bondage and tying somebody up. So, so we call it shibari and, and the art of shibari. So, in normal bondage and rope work, you're more focused on, I assume, the sensation against the skin versus the shape and function of the knots. Yeah, I, we don't do it as much for. There are some people who use it more in the what's the what's the term for the. Uh, the kumbaku? Kumbaku and the, the actual Japanese yeah, Japanese torture rope work. Um, <laughs> it's actually, if you if you look it up, it was used for prisoners. Um, but in the kink community, they use it more as a, uh, for us, it's an art form. Uh, you'll find other artists who use it more in an aggressive fashion of, of the, the pain, because there are people in kinks who like uh, the pain of the different figurations, the, the stress on the body, <laughs> if you will. Um, sure. There are people who really like that stuff. And, and this is an interesting way to get, to get that same result. Sure. So. All right. How long have you been getting tied up and how long have you been tying her up? <laughs> he's been into it longer than he's been tying me up, if, if you will. Uh, yeah, definitely with the start of it, you, you really want to practice on yourself. That way you know how the rope feels, how it's going to interact with your models. He's been tying me up for about a year and a half, give or take. Um, we haven't necessarily been posting pictures for that long, but he's like, I want to try this. And I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I, I not one to this. I, I'll try just about anything at least once. And I ended up really loving it. <laughs> So what specifically about it did you love so much? Well, I um, I just gotten done having kids um, and being a mom is hard. Um, it made me feel sexy. Uh, I loved the pressure that it caused on my body. It was kind of like a, a, a pretty weighted blanket in a way, <laughs> if you will. Um, it calmed me down. Uh, and I, like I said, to feel sexy and calm all at the same time was... It was like a revelation to me. <laughs> it was a wonderful feeling. That's really interesting. Yeah. And it, there's studies that show that it's just like, it's kind of like a weighted blanket. It's interesting what it does to the brain. Um, the idea that, you know, so, and so you've seen in some of my pictures, some of them I'm completely restrained. 
and that's a whole different thing for someone who's um I'm a kind of a type A personality. I, you know, I, I like having control and taking care of things. And so to not be able to do such things is also very relaxing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I can imagine that speaking to someone who's got two kids, I am well aware of how stressed out my wife is. Yes. I'm sitting here thinking, huh, she could use some calm. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't all mothers. (laughs) Yep. Most likely. All right. So what made you guys decide to start sharing it on Instagram or did you start sharing it elsewhere? I, I found you guys on Instagram. I guess that doesn't guarantee that that's where it all started. We definitely started on Instagram. My and my rigor here, uh, with my permission, of course, said we we should post some stuff. There's Shabari artists on here. Let's let's see. Let's just, let's just have fun with it. And it made me feel really good. And and not just the the attention, but I liked the way I looked. And I'm like, you know, I I felt the need to share that. You know, I'm like I said, I'm a woman. I've had kids. Um, that can be very hard to get over that postpartum. And I'm like, why not spread some body positivity that anyone can be sexy and beautiful, you know, and, and do these things, these, these kinks, if you will. Um, it doesn't matter what you look like. And so, so we started sharing. (laughs) I think Instagram could definitely use some more body positivity there. It is just an endless stream of ridiculous humans that don't meet don't look like anybody you see on the street. No, no, and and I, I, I used to be kind of a twig. I got asked if I ate. I, I, you know, and so when I started getting some curves after babies, I, um, I struggled with that. What woman doesn't, you know? Mm. <laughs> so it was it, and it still feels good. It's still a fun thing that we do. That it's just like you know, I just need, I need to feel sexy for a moment. It's fun to, like I said, spread that. Yeah. Again, not not to not to push things over to me, but I know that it was a struggle for us after the kids were born, trying to define identity versus mother and you know adults and yes. adult who's sexy. Yep, that's and that's a huge thing. I fully believe in being a mother is one thing, but I am also a woman, and I need to make sure, and all women need to make sure they are not just mom, they are not just partner, they are them. They are still an individual, and that is so important that a lot of women forget and are taught to forget. Honestly, <laughs> in this this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People subsume their identity and you know their work and. Mm-hmm their motherhood and yeah. Yeah. It it needs to change in my opinion. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, This next question, I think we've already answered, but I'm going to pose it anyways. (laughs) Passion (laughs) or business? I think we know. (laughs) Passion. The business side just kind of is a thing. It it helps us supplies. We buy rope with funds if, if they come in, which like I said, it's not vital, but we, I do it for me. I think that's important that, uh, you know, I, he he likes doing it, and I I I do it for me. So, and that is the most important thing. That is yeah. the most important thing. <laughs> All right, Very so let's kind of let's kind of dive into some more specific questions around bondage and rope work. Okay. Start with the most important thing: safety. <laughs> yes. A quick note to people listening. That listening to this podcast does not make you an expert. <laughs> you no. should not immediately go out and start tying somebody else up. <laughs> Anything that you would like to add on related to safety since you guys are the experts here? A lot of people that ask about it, 
on Instagram, we actually send a nerve pathway and blood pathway of where the pressure points are and where you should not put rope on. And that is just the starting point. It takes a lot of research um, when you even become interested in this. And my rigger did a, a ton of research before he even touched me with rope. Um, like I said, like he said earlier, you know, he, he did it on himself, his feet, his hands, his arms. Um, and then somebody rang the doorbell and he was like, Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. One of the, one of the children. No, <laughs> um, but it, it's very important to do your research. Yes. All right. So, Blood pathways, I understand. I know there's certain parts of the body, like the inside of your arm, where mm-hmm. your your veins are really close to the surface. But I'm not sure I understand the nerve pathways. What's going on there? A lot of the joints in your bodies have bundles of nerves. If you put the pressure point on it, within 30 minutes, you can actually paralyze a limb. It, it is oh. very important. You do not put rope where it doesn't belong. Yeah, Too much pressure can cause... Uh, I, I've had it happen where you know a, a body part has gone numb because it's just in just the wrong spot and you have to just adjust. Right. Um, How long do you normally leave the rope on? Then you said thirty minutes or so. Is this is this a serious multi-hour exercise or? It it all depends on what he's done. Uh, as you've seen on uh, and other people can see on our Instagram, we do a lot of different types, um, and there are some that have been. You know, it, it's longer to put on the rope than it actually <laughs> did to take the pictures. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some, uh, there's an arm bind on there that we could only, I could only have it on for about 10, 15 minutes because yeah. my arm actually started going numb. And I, I, he's like, he actually, I think he had to cut that one off of me just because while I like it tight, um, it, it's not safe. Um, and then there, there's another one where we kind of did a, a shower theme and the rope actually shrunk. Um, and so I, we had to be very careful of that because it gets too tight. I can't breathe. <laughs> it was a, a chest harness. Um, we did cut that one off as well. Yes. So always have oh. safety. <laughs> so I imagine you probably don't want to use like a pocket knife because if you're hurrying no. and trying to cut, do you guys use like a seatbelt cutter or something? We always have scissors handy. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of times if you buy shibari rope, they will go ahead and send you medical shears along mm. with it. Gotcha. Let's have the little bump on the bottom so you don't stab people with them. Yes. Yeah. You want to make sure you have something safe, handy every time, every time you do rope. (laughs) I know that a big thing in BDSM is safe words. Is that similar here or do you guys use some other system for signaling when there's an issue? I guess a lot of times your mouth isn't covered and there's no, there's no necessarily power play or dangerous edging. So you can just use normal words. Well, and we were going to, we were thinking about it. We're like, we don't really have safe words. Safe words are extremely important in the BDSM community. Please don't get me wrong. We just communicate the entire time. It's very rarely that my mouth is, is covered once in a great while we do. And he knows that, you know, he's like, he, before he even covers my mouth, it's, are you comfortable? Are we going to have an issue? But, and then if he does cover my mouth, it's for like, a couple minutes to snap a couple of, of pictures. It's, it's mm-hmm. never very long so that I can, I can communicate that. And like I said, uh, during the shower um, one, it was, you know, he, he asks before, you know, during, after, like, it's a whole communication the whole time. It's how does this feel here? How does this feel there? There's never a question in his mind. 
if it's hurting me, if it's comfortable, yeah. uh, it, there's just never a question. It's it's a very long commute. Commu- people like to think it's sexy the whole time, but it's honestly a it's very communicative, very like I don't know, I don't want to call it sterile, but it's a it's a very matter of fact process of, yeah. of tying. <laughs> it is definitely more for the artwork than the sexuality of it. All right. Actually, I kind of want to dive into that, but I kind of yeah. want to stick on the safety thing right now. So for let's sure. let me. Let me take a quick note down. I have some questions later about the pictures. I'm going to add something in there about how long should the photographer budget for. (laughs) (laughs) Because it sounds like it is not a two-hour shoot. This is more like a four or six-hour shoot, depending on the type of rope work. And that all depends on what the yeah. photographer also wants yeah. to take pictures of too. So yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Well, 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 yeah, let's get back to safety real quick. <laughs> so it sounds like from what you're talking about, there are some more and less dangerous types of rope work and bondage. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, what some examples do you have any or? Well, the one yeah. big example we have is, is like, you won't see, you, you see a lot of Shibari artists who do like suspension um, and that is something that we haven't even touched on in our year and a half of, of tying because most shibari artists will recommend almost an apprenticeship with suspension because of the nurse pathways, the blood pathways. Um, it's It can be very dangerous once you get somebody up in the air and then their body weight is, is holding them down against the rope. Um, and just in general, suspension can be dangerous just because it's up higher. <laughs> um, so that's, you know that's very, that can be very dangerous. And so we haven't even touched it yet because we don't, uh, you know, my rigor doesn't have the training yet. We haven't found uh, COVID. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been yeah. able to find someone to teach. It's something we're very, very interested in though. Um, just not the means to uh, progress with that yet. <laughs> sure. All right. What types of safety precautions are you guys taking in existence? You talked about the lots of communication. You talked mm-hmm. about the scissors. Are there anything anything else that you have prepped ahead of time and ready to go in case something happens? Uh, I guess the best way to say that is we actually usually have a planned outcome of what we want the rope to look like along with the medical shears. Everything is to be expected what's going to happen. Have a plan, uh, <laughs> plan yeah, so and communication. Is, it's not just no, a boo. <laughs> yeah, no ad hoc, no ad hoc, not time. No, no. no. This is the Boy Scout. No, no, always scissors, always communication. But like I said, the the communication before is almost just as important as the communication during, because then there's just there's zero surprises. I know what it's kind of supposed to look like. I know where it's kind of supposed to be. And I know if it starts to feel odd in any way, I can stop it at any time. So, All right. All of that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and before we move on to the next question, is there anything else related to safety? We hit all the high points. I just want to make sure that we got all that stuff out. Yeah, I think I think we hit all the very, very important parts that we wanted to make sure we hit on yeah. with safety. Communicate. Awesome. <laughs> Communicate, prepare, plan. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, as a photographer, I spend a lot of time on model mayhem looking (laughs) for potential models to work with, although not so much in the last year due to coronavirus, which is going to be the answer to a lot of questions these days. Uh, But a lot of models on there will say that they want to do shibari. It's one of the options that model mayhem allows you to check for the types of rope work they're interested in. Most of them don't have any work like that in their portfolio 
uh, which leads me to think that this is a exploratory subject for them. What would your advice be to models who that, that wanted to start exploring that? We were actually, when we were going through and, and talking about it, we were talking about how, you know, women or models in general who want to start or not sure if they want to start should grab some rope and, and start, to, you know, looking up things to do on themselves first and see if it's even something that's actually a thing. <laughs> I I feel like that, that was a big thing yeah. for us is like, is this, is this a thing? Is it just a whim? Is it, you know, be, be certain, I don't know, before you really start deviling into it. Um, and then once you're sure, then, then progress farther <laughs> with it. Um, yeah. I just feel like because of the sexual, it can go both ways. You need to make sure that it's something you want to, to really dive into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be afraid of the exploratory, but I feel like as a, a as you said, you know, a new photographer, t- you know, to doing it, the art, you just need to be sure that you just need to be sure <laughs> better yeah. safe than sorry. It sounds like from what you said in one of the earlier questions about the time that this takes, this is also, uh, yeah, like I said, like this is not a two hour kind of standard photographer shoot. Um, you need to come prepared for a longer shoot. Uh, you probably want to have a professional rigger show up as well, or a photographer who has shown quite a bit of skill. How would you screen for a rigger or a photographer, especially again, from the perspective of a newer model? Well, I mean, for me, I'm very lucky that um, both my rigger and my photographer currently are my partners. Um, like I said, I got very lucky with that, though. I will tell you the first few photos you'll find in my Instagram, I actually took myself. Uh, I, I didn't really know like I said, how far I wanted to take it. Um, and so I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to take selfies. And then I ended up with a tripod and, <laughs> and a, and a Bluetooth clicker, uh, which my photographer friends are like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but, uh, it's just where I, I started. But um, if you're, I, I would say if you're testing anyone out, if you're looking for people, um, always take somebody that you trust, never go alone to meet, um, someone who is claiming to be a rigger, who's claiming to be, a, a not safe for work, uh, photographer, um, take somebody who can be a, a second set of ears and eyes. And, um, that way, you know, like I have not yet had a chance to try out a new photographer, I have a couple that I would love to um, collaborate with. <laughs> um, but I can tell you that if I, you know, no matter how well I know them, I will always have one of my partners there. Um, I will never be alone with someone who's, you know, who's not, you know, my part, one of my partners. They will always be there, even if they're just observing. They could be sitting over there on the couch, making sure everything's good. But I will always have somebody there, um, whether I'm interviewing somebody. Um, I would also look for somebody who maybe has references um, of other models they've worked with, people who have you know large prof- portfolios, uh, things of that sort yeah. is what I would look for personally. I think, the, I think having a lot of models don't like to have chaperones there to use a, <laughs> probably not exactly the right word, but you understand. Uh, and a lot of photographers really push back against chaperones too, which I've never understood. I, um, I, I, I yeah, especially in the not safe for work category where you could be nude, you could be in your underwear. If especially if I do not know a photographer 
well enough, I will never be alone. And if they require me to be alone, I won't be committing to that photographer and or that rigor. I will not. I would say as a general rule, if a photographer ever balks at bringing a chaperone, you should probably just never work with them. It was no matter what kind of shooting you're doing. It just to me, like that seems, that seems like a giant red flag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just not, I, I just, I'm not willing to put myself in that vulnerable position um, in which I just don't know if somebody's going to listen to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something where you end up restrained, especially Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just like that's the line right there where you can't yep. fight back if something goes wrong. Yep. And and in, in this day and age, I just it's hard. It's so sad that it's like I don't know who I can trust. No matter what your portfolio yeah. looks like, I yeah. I'm not gonna put myself. You know, like I said, I would love to collaborate with people, but I want to collaborate with somebody there that I trust that knows my boundaries too. Like they know how far I will go, and if something yeah. happens that is not right, they know they they need to stop it. Yeah, there have been a lot of famous and semi-famous photographers in the news lately that have been uh, behaving badly. Oh, <laughs> that's know? so sad. Even, even even the ones that you would expect that you could trust. That's really sad. And in the BDSM community, there is a term called RAC that is risk awareness, uh, consensual kink, mm-hmm. that it really needs to be known of what is going to be tolerated and what is going to be known yeah. We were talking about consent, consent before, consent during and consent after, especially with interviewing riggers and, and p- photographers. Like, are you good with this? Is this okay? And our, our ours goes as far as even um, what what they post. Both of my par- partners kind of man my social media, which I know we're going to talk about later, but they yeah. ask me. They, they want to make sure that I like what's going up, that I like what's being said. Uh, things, things of that sort. So consent is always important. And I don't know, like I said, I just, I want somebody there that I trust that knows where my, how far I, I go. That absolutely makes sense. So speaking kind of on the subject and kink in general, I know that aftercare is a big concept in the kink community. And frankly, it probably should be a little more of a concept in the vanilla community too. <laughs> Agreed. But <laughs> we're talking agree. about that today. <laughs> uh, what type of aftercare routine do you guys normally do after a session? Um, I am a big food person. I demand snacks. <laughs> as long as you have snacks ready. Um, but in general, you know, water, um, a lot of times I, I get some alone time afterwards, uh, sex or not, even if it's just photographs. Um, I take some just time to myself, whether I'm still tied up even just a little. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like I said, there are stressful days where he, you know, he, he'll put just an arm or a hand on me, you know, or something small that's not dangerous and I'll just relax. But um, as long as uh, for me, it's 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 snacks and water. snacks and water water and and uh for for us for like just photo shoots we don't we don't do a ton of the you know the cuddling aftercare the the i like the the rope bites but i can see a lot of women liking some lotion and stuff massages after Mm -hmm. um Hmm. i do not do that but i can see that being vital um because it's for some women, it's like, oh, no, I don't like that. Or I'm dry afterwards or uh, things like that um, yeah. are completely 
cool aftercare, but I'm I'm easy to please. And as long as you have snacks waiting for me, I'm I'm a happy camper. <laughs> That's an even better reason to bring a partner or somebody else with you to the shoot <laughs> so that they can provide said aftercare. Bring a cooler of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one other kind of fetish-related question, where I'm showing my ignorance, uh, is this related? Is is being tied up uh, related to subspace at all, or are those two completely different things? It it can be related to subspace, yes. And a lot of people use it in that in that regard. Do you have? I mean, yeah. A, a lot of times you'll see some of the models kind of zone out, and that is a lot of times that subspace of them switching to that calm, relaxed space of theirs. All right. Which so I, guess, I guess I use that. In a, I guess I use that in a way. It's just, it's like I said, for me, it's almost a, like, it's an anxiety comfort. I, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> so this is, this, this is kind of an interesting place though, because this is typically something that you do with somebody you're fairly intimately involved with. It's a, I mean, it's an intimate act, even if you're doing it with a photographer and I'm mm-hmm. kind of going off script here and I apologize. Okay. Uh, I guess you're you're not the right person to ask this anyways because you've been doing it with your partners and I think it'd be I think it'd be really interesting to talk to a model about this who's done it with a bunch of strangers. Oh yeah, because like I said, it's a very intimate, uh, it's a very intimate act, but you're doing it with somebody that you may have only known for a little bit, and I don't know that that's kind of I, a weird. <laughs> I think when you're just doing it, it's it's hard. I think if you're just doing it for the act of the art. Um, and the act of the photo sh- shot, I think you really need a, a, a rigor and a, and a photographer who are good at, um, what do we, we say? It was, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, putting up those barriers in their mind, mm-hmm. uh, that separation from, yes, this is sexy, but I'm doing it for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess I, I can't really speak from experience. Do I hope to be able to speak to experience eventually? Yes. Um, yeah. cause there's a couple of riggers and a couple of photographers that I would love to get in with, um, post COVID times, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go back on script. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned in the intro that you're Polly and mm-hmm. you mentioned that your rigger is one of your partners and mm-hmm. the photographer for some of the pictures is your other partner. Indeed. Yeah. Does being poly and learning to handle jealousy in a productive way have any lessons for models that maybe have a significant other that are concerned about jealousy, concerned about, you know, boundaries, that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think for us, it's, it's hard to, to talk about jealousy because we, we don't have a lot of those issues. Um, my partners actually get quite turned on when other people are turned on by me, um, <laughs> which is a fancy it's, word for that. There, there is a fancy word for that, isn't there? I can't remember, um, but yeah. We're, we're scrambling for words uh, this evening. <laughs> it's but, only uh, because we're being recorded. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. But uh, so for us, it's it's easy. But I, um, I foresee a lot of communication going into that. And I think it would be even harder for people who aren't in a poly relationship because we communicate every day. Um, we communicate if we want to go on other dates. Like we have we have two main partners Um, but you know, we do, we do go on dates. We, we communicate those things every day. So I, I can't imagine being in a a relationship in which doesn't communicate if they're having jealousy issues or, 
you know, what's the compromise? If, if a model really, really wants to do this, like, is the partner cool with being there as a chaperone to see, you know, how things work? Are they willing to dive into it? What's the compromise? Um, but it, it is hard for those of us who don't struggle with jealousy as much to, to, to see that. Just, just communicate. It's, it's not as always easy for some people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've had other models where usually I will come up to the model with a plan going, this is the design I would feel fit your body type. And then I want them to present it to their partner, husband, boyfriend, whatever. That way they are now communicating. They both have to come back to me and say, yes, they're both on board. I, I, I should not have to be the middleman of that pushing the confidence. <laughs> that relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, it comes down to a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I actually would love for my wife to come with me sometime and shoot. She actually has a better eye for composition than I do, which is kind of embarrassing. I'm Aww. supposed to be the expert here. <laughs> but sometimes it takes an outside eye. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. takes an outside I, eye. I went ahead and looked it up, and the word is compersion. When compersion. you drive oh, okay. enjoyment from your partner's enjoyment. Yes, that's definitely our relationship. <laughs> 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 All right. So we talked a little bit about the model. We talked a little bit about screening. We talked a little about, you know, models who wanted to explore. Let's talk about the other side, the photographer. Uh, you actually already answered the first question, which was, should they learn to tie themselves or hire? Well, he didn't tie that. It, it, it sort of added, they should learn. If they're going to learn, they should learn by tying on themselves to start mm -hmm. with. Yes. But in terms of, I guess, the photography part, should they try and become an expert in this themselves or should they find a rigor locally to work with instead? In my personal opinion, mm -hmm. probably find a rigor to do it. And the photographer can balance the light, the setting, the room, and the positions. It's really hard once you once you look into and and you even can look up you know there are videos on YouTube about or YouTube about rigor you know how to you know different ties and stuff. Um, it's hard to be both the rigor and the photographer. Um, there's just a, so much that goes into the knots and the different ties. Um, as we talked about earlier, it's not just a, a so long process. You know, the photographer could get there to photog like um take photos of the actual process of getting tied we normally just take photos of the end result we could have been there for an hour beforehand depending on how complicated the tie is um so the photographer could come during the process the photographer could come during the finished product and you know have a half hour to an hour to shoot unless they wanted to get the entire process so that's not, yeah that's not something i generally have seen photos of unless it's like a photo essay or something that's specifically around that hmm. right and some people will do tutorials and tape the whole thing but normally people yeah it's, it's interesting you don't see the hour uh, hour and a half depending how complicated of the whole tie process because <laughs> you're working with yards and yards and yards of rope and and you've got to do it without you know leaving rope burns and and you know hurting the model <laughs> And making sure everything is safe as you go along. Right. All right. So how would you go about finding a rigger locally? Uh, we use, uh, I mean, we've looked on FetLife. Yeah. 
Um, FetLife.com. Uh, you can find people who are into just about anything, um, including riggers. Um, we are also part of uh, like a polyamorous community, like via Facebook. Um, and the polyamorous community is into a lot of uh, different things as well in the BDSM community. So typically, if you find a community that's, you know, kind of that the alternative <laughs> to monogamy, you will find, uh, you know, BDSM communities and 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 different different communities of all sorts, mm-hmm. uh, you find the right community. <laughs> so that's where I would start, um, honestly. And you always have, they have parties. They like getting together, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah. They like being together with like-minded people. Yeah, I think the, they call those munches. When yes. They get together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> so you can, food. oh yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> So you can, you can find what you're looking for. Uh, you just got to find the right alternative, alternative community, as I like to call them. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And let's, let's go on the other side. Let's say that someone is a photographer who wants to get into this and they simultaneously also have discovered a uh, hankering for tying people up <laughs> and they decide they do want to take the time to learn. Uh, how long does it take to learn? I think he said that he said that you guys have been tying each he's been tying you up for about a year and a half but he was working yeah. on it before then yes yeah i um, mean like you said there are certain arts that we haven't touched on yet because of lack of experience but yeah it's still definitely a learning process even after probably the two years now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're always learning new I, yeah there's been a couple patreons that i've signed up for that does the safety the tutorials each knot and that that's probably the best way to start is i think yeah the duchy is probably the best starting point Hmm. but it is it is a it is a continuous learning process he's always looking up new new stuff Uh, i don't think you ever really stop learning i feel yeah. like <laughs> Man, i wish i could find a hobby i was that excited about after two years <laughs> all right uh how about so takes a takes a pretty significant commitment where is the best place to learn you mentioned some patreons uh i happen to know there's quite a few books uh, i think the one that comes to mind immediately is the two naughty boys uh have a series and there's a bunch of other people that have book series about that and you talked about communities yeah, uh, local communities, which might be a little harder now with COVID. Mm-hmm. But where would you recommend starting? Honestly, as much as I like the book, I still like the community of the Patreon because you can always ask them questions. The same thing with a lot of the Shabari artists on Instagram. They're very open to talking to the community and helping you through that process. And hopefully this whole COVID thing will be over in a couple months once they get yeah. mass distribution. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing Absolutely. our fingers. But we were just, we were discussing about how important it is to be able to ask the questions. And that's the hard part with books. It's not like you can, you know, I mean, you probably could email the author, but who knows if you would hear back. <laughs> yeah. So it's difficult, find- uh, sometimes difficult to figure out the exact movements when all you have is a series of pictures as opposed to somebody right there who can correct you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. YouTube, Instagram, there Patreons. There is a couple local trainers that actually have paid classes. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you find the right, right in to talk to somebody personally. <laughs> right. All right. So let's pivot over to 
there are a lot of different styles of bondage uh, on display on your Instagram. There mm-hmm. are full torso coverings. Sometimes your arms are wrapped up together. Sometimes there's feet and legs. I think it was one I was looking at where each one of your toes is separated out. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, what are, are these all different formal types or is it basically you're using kind of the same knots and just covering it? I, I'm not sure I understand all the differences between them. It is all the same style. The The main point is the artwork of using your model's curves, her own body to actually show the artwork of the rope. Each part of the body allows you to do certain knots, certain designs. The, the foot one is a very common design where you actually can wrap in between each toes. Of course, you know, you're satisfying a little bit of the need for some people with foot fetishes as yeah. well. <laughs> I hear that's the most common one. And it's I a huge, it it, I, it's a huge, huge thing and a big market for women who want to just sell stuff they put on their feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's kind of the definition of a fetish. If you don't yes. have it, you don't understand it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's all, it's all kind of the same, the same type of art and uh, knots. Even sometimes it's not knots. It's yeah. folds in the rope because uh, mm-hmm. sometimes knots aren't exactly safe. And um, but I like I love the way he he does different things to to fit my body. It's like putting on the perfect dress or those perfect pair of jeans. <laughs> it yeah, just are, yeah. It shows me off uh, what what I have. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm just on your Instagram right now. I happen to be looking at one that's a it's a pair of feet that looks like a sandal almost. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the blue one or the the pink no, one? It's black and white. Uh, what's yeah. the date on this? Does it doesn't have a way to tell me what the date is that it was posted? Twenty six weeks ago. That's helpful. July. <laughs> so, yeah, sometime that. in July. It almost looks like a pair of sandals. It's very interesting. And actually, I know that picture. Okay, mm-hmm. you know which one? Yeah that that was actually impromptu that that was one of our stressful days where we just tied her just to have fun it was not really anything planned it was a calming moment almost Uh. and nicely enough with feet it's feet are a really easy one to do very safely without having to worry a lot about the the pressure the pressure points as much Mm -hmm. um they're the right pressure points if you will (laughs) Uh, no, and I, there's also a series about the same time with the purple and pink rope with yes. the, uh, with a black rope mixed in as kind of a, that one's really interesting the way those three ropes are all mixed together. That one was a lot of fun. Uh, it, the contrast was just really cool. And it was like, a, it was kind of like a corset and the way it, it, it tied around me. Hmm. Uh, so it was, I don't know, it was, it, it was very sexy. <laughs> Very sexy. All right. Uh, Do all these different types of rope work have formal names or is it mostly, again, like you talked about, like it's a consistent pattern of consistent series of patterns and knots that can just be applied differently depending on the part of the body? As far as the naming goes, yeah, a lot of those are going to be like your coin knots. uh, And definitely they all have different names and I'm going to be blanking out on most of those too. But the the coin knot, the square knots are, are pretty much the staple of it, where a lot of it, the rest of it is actually going to be folding on the rope to keep the tension on the body. You're not going to be tying off that pressure because 
then you're losing some of that tension each time. So, so by folding it, he can actually tighten or loosen it as need be. So nothing ever gets quite so tight that I'm in pain. That, that does make total sense because, yeah, you tighten it a little bit too tight or like your third or fourth knot down the line and the first one tightens a little bit. Then Yeah. If you're if you're paying attention, especially if you're looking at that pink, uh, that pink, purple and black one, the knots are in the middle of my thighs. You can actually kind of see where he puts specific knots and where it's like folds in the rope. I was not diving into it in quite that <laughs> level of depth, but now I'm going to have to. <laughs> like I said, if you, if you look through it, you can actually see where physical knots are and just mm-hmm. where it looks like it's just folded in. It's very, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating even from a, a model standpoint, like, oh yeah, yeah. okay, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So we just talked the last one. I mentioned the three different types of rope. Do you guys use a consistent type of rope or do you have like a favorite type you use? We have different favorites. <laughs> I really like using the jute rope. It is probably one of the most staple ones to use because it's the strongest. It's not going to pull apart, but it does itch. Mm-hmm. It does give away faster. It does wear out. Hmm. You'll see a lot of jute in the suspension if you're if you're looking for it. If you're, can you hear us? Sorry, our, yep. our screen just blinked out. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, in suspension because it is strong. Um, we did a we have a, a tan session in Jew, a purple and a, a green. Um, but I don't I don't mind jute. Uh, it is nice for rope bites. Uh, you'll see some of my pictures or like my skin, the indentations. I like I said, I like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is itchy for the model, <laughs> depending right. on where you're putting it. If you're doing a lot of crotch uh, crotch rope crotch ties. Um, it can, it can get annoying. I like the nylon. Um, and we, we actually dye our own nylon, um, and care for it ourselves, but it's smooth. I don't have to worry about jute. You often have to worry about how fast, you know, when you're taking it off, how fast, um, you take it off or else you could get splinters. (laughs) Um, nylon, you don't have to worry about that. It's smooth. It's comfortable. Um, so I joke around about, I can wear nylon rope all day. Mm-hmm. and not ever worry about it, which is true. Um, so I, I prefer the nylon rope. Interesting. All right. Do you just go to the local hardware store and buy the rope, or is there special types of rope you have to order online? I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, we definitely have, but when you do buy it, it does take the extra care. A lot of the jute rope will actually come with beeswax, where it will protect against even the body oils that will soak into it. Uh, Nylon ropes from the hardware stores are going to have chemicals, preservatives, same thing. You're going to have to take care of it before you can even use it. I just want it. Online, you can find body uh, rope. Um, We've gone to local craft stores, (laughs) but making sure you care for it like before and after is is important. Uh, Knothead nylon is probably the most well-known for a good, dyed colored nylon Hmm. when you mentioned taking care of it and treating it what do you guys have to do with the rope to make sure it stays in you know ideal shape i physically have to wash them each time i do not like reusing ropes on any other model so i don't know if i'm going to have the same model each time i have to physically wash it get all the oils out sanitize it and then i have to hang it up to dry and 
I will not reuse jute just because it does absorb so much. Mm. All um, all the current jute is all mine. So, yeah. <laughs> and we don't really have as many model friends as we used to with COVID. <laughs> We're very <Yeah>. isolated. <laughs> Pre-COVID, oh, yeah. we, 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 you know, it was fun and, and we, we just, you know, we're hanging out with some friends and we do little things, but hasn't been as much of a thing recently. No. <laughs> yeah. I was just joking with uh, a coworker earlier today that this is like the new normal. Everybody just stays in their oh home with the old houses and apartments. And like, I saw Please a human no. six months ago. Please no. Well, I was, I joked around about how it's like, this is our depression era. You know, the older people who hit money, <laughs> yeah. ours is, oh my gosh, this place is too crowded. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, not funny, and, and funny speaking, not funny. Yeah. And the whole thing with uh, like people that have jobs that can work remotely and people that have money, this has been no impact at all, really, other than, you know, inconvenient. Yeah. As one of my partners works from home, my rigor mm. here goes out, but his, his is able to be away from people often enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, we have been fortunate uh, through this that we, it hasn't really affected us quite as much just besides stay home and we're gamers. Yeah. So it's not as big a deal because we're like, Ooh, yay. Excuses <laughs> to be on our computers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Been there. Been doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and skip the next couple questions on the photography okay. part because we are, we're, let's go ahead and jump into some oh, social media. I'm so sorry. No, 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 don't be. This is, as long as it's interesting, uh, it doesn't matter which questions get asked. That's fair. So what kind of social media presence do you guys maintain? So we have our Instagram. Uh, we also have, we just started a Twitter and we have our OnlyFans as well. What type of work goes on to each one of them? How are you differentiating between them? Uh, a lot of the Instagram has, of course, a lot of the censored. Um, we really only can show so much of the photo shoot on Instagram because it is getting banned or removed very frequently now. Really? Yeah. Hmm. A lot uh, of our Shibari um, artist friends are struggling with Instagram right now because of the censorship. Uh, people are reporting things for nudity and, and even though it's art, <laughs> they're not seeing it quite as art. Yeah. If you will. <laughs> because we need yet another Victorian era online. Oh yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the main reason why we did start the rope goddess underscore at Twitter and OnlyFans because we can actually share more of the photo shoots, the content without that censorship. Those are both newer, so they do have less content, but it We're is... We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be filling up fast as we start rolling out the shoots. Gotcha. And I assume uploading some of the older stuff as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yep. That's already started happening. So it sounds like if I was to ask you which one of those is your favorite, the answer would not be Instagram. It's hard because Instagram has been our favorite because of how many different connections we've been able yeah. to make. Twitter, the Twitter and the OnlyFans is very new. Um, and and Instagram is just, it's kind of like our baby. It's where we started with it. And we started making those connections with those artists and with fans. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I don't know, it was kind of a cool experience to start there. So right now, Insta is still my favorite, even though they're doing some crazy censorship <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Even though they're behaving badly. Uh, uh, even though they're behaving how I don't understand. <laughs> but it's the community is still there. The community is, is still there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's I've, I've heard some complaints from some of the models I've interviewed. And 
uh, about Instagram and their policy, but yeah. still just from my own social media for the podcast, that's where everybody is. So. Yeah. yeah, It's going to change real fast. So if they're not careful, sadly, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I've definitely been asking around and nobody seems to have a good answer for is yeah. a good place like Instagram that's devoted more to uh, just purely adult work. Like Tumblr used to be that and then yeah. they down on it. Yeah. I don't know that there's a place for it yet. And it's, it's hard with being the internet is where we, where we express ourselves now, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. with COVID I, it's, we need a place to express and I don't know. I don't know what's going to become that. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you doing anything specific to develop your social media following? Or are you kind of relying on, you know, sharing algorithms and word of mouth? Uh, we found the more consistent we are with posting, the more it builds uh, faster. Actually, we've started kind of a rotation of every three or so days posting something new. It might be the same set, but it might be some newer pictures from that same set. Um, but just staying consistent. Uh, you know, if you drop off the face of the earth, people are just going to kind of stop paying attention. If you stay consistent, people pay attention. <laughs> they want to see your stuff. They want to see what you have going, which your brainchild is, is coming up with. So, all right. Do you have any interesting stories or about positive fan interaction? I, I loved this question to be completely honest. One of my favorite interactions, I had a, a, a woman reach out to me and um, she actually shared a picture with me. She's like, I just wanted to thank you it's nice to see someone who is not a perfect Barbie doll model doing sexy stuff. Um, and she sent me a picture and she had had kids. Um, and she's just like, I think it is so cool that, you know, you're doing this and you're, you're being brave. And I'm like, I'm doing this for us. You, you know, you and I are in the same boat of, of positive body image. It doesn't matter. Our bodies are amazing things. <laughs> And uh, we had a beautiful conversation, just a, a, a woman encouraging woman about the beautiful of our beautifulness of our bodies. And that's not a real word, but I don't care. Um, and <laughs> and just appreciating each other. And um, she's she's been one of my followers. She messages me here and there still. Um, but just thanking thanking me uh, for putting myself out there uh, with a not so perfect body. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I said, I said that's the reason I'm doing it is because it's like. We all need to feel good about ourselves, no matter how we look. Yep. Again, speaking of somebody who's been who's married and <laughs> to a mother, she has a lot of self-image issues that I just don't understand, uh, just yep. from society and you know photos everywhere of gorgeous eighteen-year-olds. Yeah, and they postpartum. Don't represent the majority at all. And postpartum is he double hockey sticks, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It is the worst feeling to not feel like yourself. Um, and as much as we love our babies and they're beautiful, beautiful babies, um, we, we joke around about how being pregnant is like a parasite and you feel so much unlike yourself than you've ever felt before. <laughs> and, uh, mm. it's no joke. It's no joke, but you know, find yourself, be, you know, find, find who you are as a woman and, and be that, uh, and you'll be better for it. All right. That sounds like a great place to start shutting down. Okay. There's always two questions that I ask all the way at the end. <laughs> what is your favorite shot in your portfolio and why? Uh, and this was a really hard question, <laughs> a really, really, really hard question. Um, but back towards the beginning, we did, um, well, I guess it's not really the beginning, but I'm, uh, I'm actually in, uh, tied in beads. 
um, is one of my favorite shots. And it was actually really hard to do because the beads don't uh, glide quite as well when you're doing knots and things like that. But I'm wearing a, a, a World of Warcraft tank top. It was the day after New Year's, I want to say, with twinkle lights. And I just felt oh. so ridiculously nerdy and sexy that day. <laughs> That's awesome. That it's it's one of my fa- I have a lot of favorite shots though so please uh, check it out everyone should look because there there's a lot of fun ones, um, so. <laughs> All right, how about yours, Rigger? Uh, actually, it's a black and white one that we posted. It is one of the arm binds with a black rope, <laughs> and it, it has hair tie. <laughs> uh, is that the yes. one you're talking about? Yeah, there, there's that one too, but there's a. There's one where we actually had to lay on the ground to take the picture <laughs> and is just the straight up the back and you just see the ropes off our arms. And that is probably one of my favorite ones that turned out. Yeah, his his is May 31st. And mine, my favorite is mm, uh, yes. January 1st. Yeah, no, I definitely see what you mean with the black rope tie and the, <laughs> the contrast and the lighting off it and then how yeah. it just kind of blends into the pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also has a thing for when he ties up my hair. He really likes that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Anything you can put rope around. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get each of the thumbs. Then we're going to get each of the pointer fingers. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question. And I'm 95% sure I know the answer to this. For a new model and or a new photographer who wants to get into rigging and rope work what is the most important thing they need to do first make sure they're positive that it's something they actually want to do and communicate communicate and you look like you had something to say sorry (laughs) uh yeah definitely communicate plan ahead and also practice on yourself definitely don't let anybody else tie you up if you're not even comfortable doing it to yourself yep so you guys hit on all the details. I was 95% sure the answer was going to be safety first. <laughs> if it was, but you guys were hitting more of the details. Than- As I, I, it is safety and it, communication, honestly, is our biggest safety concern. It, honestly, right. with anyone getting into it, uh, please don't get me wrong. That's that's what, why I say communication, because you, you, your mm-hmm. safety is based on your communication. Yep, that sounds absolutely correct. So, All right. Well, so we are at the end of our time. Uh, Rope Goddess and Rope Goddesses Ricker, where can everyone find you online? You can find us at Rope Goddess underscore on Insta, Instagram, Twitter, and OnlyFans. That is super consistent and a branding <laughs> triumph. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And with that, we're done. If you have a favorite model or photographer you'd like for us to reach out and try an interview, please let us know. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com, on Twitter as at NSFWPhotography, and Instagram at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast. And you can see where I apparently had the branding fail. I didn't get the right <laughs> Twitter handle to match the rest of it. And you can subscribe at your favorite podcast dispenser. Everybody keep shooting safely out there. And thank you for listening. Bye.